Hi, I'm your host, Nicole Kane, and you're listening to the Home in Place podcast, where I translate theory to practice and create cross-discipline conversations about aging and the importance of place. I'm so glad you're here. Today, I'm talking with Diane Miller of the Welcome Home Bed and Breakfast in Newburgh, Wisconsin, which is 30 minutes north of Milwaukee. In August of 1955, at three and a half years old, Diane Miller was one of the many who contracted polio during an epidemic that swept Milwaukee. From this point on, her life included leg braces and crutches to enable her to walk. These assistive devices were a minor inconvenience, but not intolerable. Unexpectedly, in the mid-1980s, a lightweight manual wheelchair was introduced into Diane's life. Post-polio syndrome was causing her to experience fatigue and unsteady gait, and at times resulted in falling, coupled with new aches and pains. However, it was not long before Diane found the environment around her was impossible. In an effort to address this problem, in the fall of 1989, the Leo and Sarah Miller family founded Welcome Home House of Modification Examples, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation. The sole purpose of this program was to create an avenue for sharing with others the importance of wheelchair accessible home design. Money was raised to purchase an 18 acre parcel of land complete with mature woodland, meadow, and a rolling hillside. This was an ideal future building site. Over the next three years, wheelchair-accessible trails were excavated in the woods, picnic areas were created, and a cedar boardwalk was completed. Construction of the main house began in 1996. Hundreds of volunteers devoted thousands of hours over the next two years to build this distinctive single-family home. On May 1, 1998, the 36-inch-wide, wheelchair-friendly doors to the Welcome Home house opened to the public. The Welcome Home Bed and Breakfast is an L-shaped house set on a hillside that is a flourishing native plant prairie with year-round beauty, from bronze-colored grasses in the winter to a rainbow of summer blooms. This 3,650-square-foot ranch-style wheelchair-accessible demonstration home was newly constructed from the ground up. Careful thought went into the home's design to ensure that they met their goal when inviting everyone to come as you are. Tours of the entire home are now provided by appointment free of charge. Diane, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for talking with me today. Thanks for asking. (laughs) So I'm sitting here with Diane in her beautiful welcome home house, the house of modification examples. Is that right? I got it right. I got it right. Okay. And I would love to hear about how this house started. Tell me the origin story. Well, I guess I'm the culprit. I had polio in 1955 walked with the assistance of leg braces, crutches, oh, for 30-some years, thinking that would be my entire life. Post-polio syndrome set in, introduced wheelchairs to my life, and I owned an old house in Milwaukee that didn't fit wheelchairs. Mm -hmm. So when I went on a search for how you make your house fit your need, this was pre-ADA, there was nothing out there except to put grab bars in a bathroom that's already too small mm. and put a ramp that would be so long that I would never be able to find someone to shovel it for me. So that's how this started, it, selfishly, I guess. Started meeting people who had either built homes or modified their homes and were very willing to share that information with me and saying, wouldn't it be nice if we had a place to come look at ideas? Mm-hmm. So that's how this Welcome home, welcome house and modification examples blossomed. 
Yeah. And this is a nonprofit, is that correct? correct? Okay. My family helped create a 501c3 just to do this so that we could build a house that demonstrates as many different ideas as we could get under one roof. One wing we knew we wanted to use as a bed and breakfast lodging that was access as accessible as possible. Open to the public though. We we're not about segregation. We try to open the doors to everybody. And it serves a couple of purposes. Recreation, people can just find an accessible getaway. We have a nice rural setting. We're close to Cedarburg, which is a quaint village. Milwaukee's a half hour away. Lake Michigan's 15 minute drive. So a nice center point for people looking for a vacation option. Also it gives people the opportunity to stay and interact with the designs and equipment we have on site rather than just tour the house and look. Looking at it at three in the afternoon is much different than trying to transfer in and out of the tub at nine in the evening at the end of the day when you're fatigued. So you have the, that option. Absolutely. I feel like I'm nodding with my whole body here. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. As an, as an OT, that was something that we ran into so often. You know, working in home care, I would bring a little reacher with me and show someone how to do it, but like, ah, it belongs to the facility. I have to bring it back right. with me. You can't have it. I'm sorry. And it's it was frustrating. And I love, love, love the idea that someone can come here and spend the night and do it on their own terms and interact with these modifications and these assistive devices on their own terms. And I love that so much. Yeah, I think it's as important that people go away from here knowing what doesn't work yes. for them as what does work. Most people don't have an indefinite budget to redo a bathroom two or three times until they finally get it right. And if you have a grab bar that's set up for you already, but it's not where you would use a grab bar, you don't have to put it there in your own home. Yeah, but absolutely. a lot of people don't even have that foresight or know that. Absolutely. They think this is where it has to go. No. Right, right, and it's going to be what works with you and your body. And yes, what, yeah. and your entire family, and if there's caregiver involved, mm -hmm. we can consider everybody as best as possible to make it as comfortable for all. Yeah. Do you find people are coming here with a curiosity about one particular thing? You know, for example, I'm curious about how this shower or this transfer tub or whatever it might be might work. Most people, it's bathrooms okay. and some kitchen, but bathroom seems to be the biggest issue for most people. Yeah. yeah. And what are you? What are they? generally curious about mostly showers and tub well trying to make the house that they have work for mm. whatever new physical malady had, has entered the family and the bathroom doesn't work anymore mm -hmm. so whether it's converting the tub to a roll-in shower situation or how do we keep a tub because some people in the house like to bathe and we only have one bathroom mm -hmm. um, you know, how do we get the door big enough to get the wheelchair in yeah. and turn around yeah. and change clothes? <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's talk about doors for a second. So how do, how do we make the door wider? What, are, what, do you, what do you suggest? You know, s some people have bathrooms where there's a closet next to it that you could maybe steal some room mm. from there. We have a lot of pocket doors. 
so that you don't have to worry about the swing room of a hinge door and all that wasted clearance space that's good for nothing but opening and closing a door. Yeah. We have pocket doors that go into the wall and we have pocket doors that slide on a wall. Mm, like a barn door. So, correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is becoming very popular is, in design yes. now. Yes. <laughs> And there are locks for barn doors. So we just saw, which was a challenge for privacy for bathrooms. So yeah. now there are barn door locks. Okay, Yay. of course. Because yeah. <laughs> it's an in thing. Right, <laughs> right. right. But, but however it gets here right. is fine with me. <laughs> I don't care how it gets here. You know, so those are some of the options that we look at. Other things we've done on some of our doors, we have 36-inch doors here, so we really don't have to do much to make them wide enough for most people. You have the swing clear hinge that takes the door totally out of the doorway, which is hard unless you can see it to envision. Yes, yes, yes. I'll have pictures on the website okay. for this. So people who are listening, go to the website. But yes, it is hard to envision what that is. Yeah. And some of our doorways, we have taken away the doorstep. Again, hard mm -hmm. unless you know what this is. Below the lock, we've just removed the doorstop. If you're using a manual chair in particular, that extra, oh, inch and a half, two inches that you've gained maybe yeah. might save the skin on the knuckles of your hands as yeah. you're wheeling through. Yeah. So you still get the benefit of the doorstop at the top half, so it will stop the door from overshooting or it provides the privacy. People can't look in it through the little crack where the door doesn't fit perfectly into the frame. Oh. But you have a little extra clearance space. Oh, fantastic. So I haven't noticed that yet on the doors here. Which ones should I look at when I go around? Um, Are they in the... Your room. My room. Okay, great. <laughs> I'm staying the night here at the Ben Breakfast, by the way. I'm very excited. Um, great. I will look. Thank you. Oh, good. Um, okay. And so the other thing I noticed about your website is you have a list of the products, many of the products that are used in the bed and breakfast for accessibility and also local people who are able to do the work, which I think is hugely important. Um, in your opinion, what are some of the most popular products or modifications? We talked a little about the shower. Anything? Um, flooring mm. is also something that people are interested in. And we tried to get as many different types of flooring in as we could so that people can see what it is. We've got uh, four ball laminate. We've got, Wetex is a brand name, but it's the um, floating floor system that's in the bedrooms. Different size tiles so people can see what that would do. We have an epoxy floor in one of the roll-in showers. We have a sprayed concrete material that's typically used out on decks of pools mm. outdoors hadn't been used in the house before but the guy that did it was willing to try and it worked um, and we do have carpet in some areas but it's uh, without padding glued directly down to the subfloor so it's very resistant free if you're walking with crutches walker trying to roll a manual wheelchair you still get the warmth of having carpet mm -hmm. in an area so we are in wisconsin did we you end wisconsin. up did you end up going with radiant heat for the floors no we okay. did not um you know it's a nonprofit group mm -hmm. <laughs> we do you find that it w was not necessary it, not, looking back on it it probably would have been nice okay. in, in bathroom floors, um, but if you get to where the ductwork is below you, <laughs> you find a nice spot, on, yeah. warm spot on the floor, so you do have it by default. Perfect. 
But that's something that people might, particularly people that chill easily, might consider again in the bathroom in particular so that you can get the room nice and toasty and if you're slow to dress or undress or do exercises or just need a warm space, mm-hmm. that might be worth doing. Okay. Now, this bed and breakfast has been around for 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. Is there anything that jumps out at you that has really stood the test of time? Probably most of the house. I'm surprised at, after 20 years, how it's not real banged up. We did do some painting, repainting this spring. That's the first in some of the areas, so that was nice. Floors have stood up quite well, although we're starting to look at how to replace some of them. Um, no, I, it was built pretty well, okay. I think. Yeah. We're pretty happy with what's here. Wonderful, wonderful. So I am so excited to take pictures and just be able to go around the house, and I'll share all of that on the website, too. Um, I would love for you to tell me a little about the special connection this house has to nature. Okay. We are set on just under 18 acres of land. This had been cornfield where the house is mm-hmm. now. We reclaimed it into native prairie after we built the house. Just volunteers walked around with buckets of native prairie seed mixed in with sand and threw it on the ground. And that's how our oh, prairie developed. Wow. We are fortunate to have neighbors that uh, River Edge Nature Center is just mm-hmm. up the road. So every couple of years they'll come and burn our prairie for us. So keep the invasive species down. Then about 12 acres of our land is woodland, mature woodland, it came that way. We try to keep invasives out of there as much as we can. Sadly, emerald ash borer, a Mm. bug that is invading the ash trees, it's this woods where it was located first in Wisconsin, so our big Mm. ash trees are dying, and loggers came in and took some of them out. That was the DNR's advice on how to maybe stop it from spreading, but I don't know if it helped or not. Uh, We feed the birds. (laughs) We try to share nicely with the raccoons. Yeah. Yeah. And how many trails do you have? You have accessible trails all throughout the property. Correct. And again, keeping with our theme of trying to give people different options, some people are going to say, this isn't accessible for me. Mm -hmm. Well, now you know that. Um, So through our prairie, we just mow uh, paths and mm-hmm. try to keep it mowed and nice and pat and keep the ruts out and put a little traffic bond if it's damp and someone created a rut. We have a quarter mile circular trail through the woods. Some of that is traffic bond, some of it is bark chips. About 200 foot section of it is a boardwalk cedar boardwalk that goes over a low area in the spring that would wash out if we had done anything else with it. So this too gives people the option of trying and seeing what they can do. Makes a difference whether you're walking with assistance or if you're trying to get out there in a manual chair versus a power wheelchair or the hardier four-wheel scooters. So for people who are looking for free or low-cost modifications for their home, what could you recommend that they, they might consider? I guess it depends on what they're looking for. Depends on what they're looking for. You know, I, people ask about money and grants, and mm. I'm sure every state is different. And 
sometimes there's a little money in Wisconsin and oftentimes there is no money. Mm -hmm. um, I suggest your local Lions Club. Yeah, yeah. Church group. Mm -hmm. um, Habitat for Humanity has restores that sometimes has things. I really don't have a good answer yeah. for that, unfortunately. Well, one thing I've noticed about your home as we're moving around it is the placement of furniture, too. And you have these paths. It's mm -hmm. a very clear flow mm -hmm. of, of in indoor traffic, of where where the paths are, and giving ample room for two people to be able to be in the kitchen comfortably together. And I think that's, that's one thing that I talk to my clients about, too, is just being aware of where the furniture is and the rugs are they is part of the area rug for the living room in the walking path could that create a trip hazard mm -hmm. might you want to consider a smaller rug mm -hmm. or something like that and I've noticed that in every place we've moved around in the house and around the bed too there's ample room around the beds right. to move um, and in the kitchen and in the bathrooms and really all of the flow there's a, a very lovely flow to the house in any of the smaller rugs we have a rubber bat mm, so nice try to make them as safe as possible. But if I know someone's coming that it might be a trip hazard or uses a chair where it might just get caught up in their wheels, I just roll them up and remove them while those folks are here. Yeah, very good. Um, so oftentimes when people are thinking about a, a bigger remodel, like a bathroom or a kitchen or entryway, those are the, the three big ones that I see, um, I, if they're not thinking about accessibility or maybe they have it kind of in their mind, but perhaps in the future, I'll often share with them things like backing for the shower mm -hmm. to, in the future, if there were to need a grab bar, you could put it anywhere. Are there anything else like um, kind of a forward thinking something that someone could do if they're thinking about a bathroom or a kitchen? Bathroom or kitchen. Well, the door width. The door widths, yeah. I would go with a 36 inch door. If there's room for a pocket door on a bathroom in particular, you might want to consider that. It's nothing that can't be done later, but it's cost effective to do it the first time around and plan for it. Um, handles, the door hardware, do you want lever, do you want round, do you want oblong, you know, what what are you going to want in the future and might as well put it in now because it's not going to bother anybody mm -hmm. it's going to be helpful in the long run mm -hmm. i love how in this house you have so many different options for people people to try you have the levers you have the round you have so many different options and people can really try and try out what's right mm -hmm. for them and what feels really good yeah you don't know looking at a picture everything looks nice in the design magazine right right <laughs> So until you can roll up and touch it and try it, as you would use it in your daily life, you really don't know for sure. Yeah. We even as you go through, even the hardware on the doors is at different heights here. The windows mm. are at different heights, which is something you wouldn't typically do in a home. You pick a height and mm -hmm. keep it pretty standard. But we wanted people to see: can they reach the lock? Can they open and close it easily? Can they see in, out? Do they want to see in and out? Mm -hmm. You know, if you can look out, people can look in from the outside. And someone said that to me. I don't want my windows that low because I don't know who's out there. Well, yeah. 
Good point. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. And now they know that that's exactly. something they can rule off their list. Exactly. Yeah. And I think having a space like this where people can come and try it out is so valuable, not to just find out what you do like, but to find out what you don't like. Right. Exactly. And to be able to rule out something that could be a really expensive modification for your house. And now you know it's not right for right. you. Yeah. And we encourage people to come and bring your yardstick, bring your construction person, bring your designer, camera. Our things are here to be shared. That's why we're here. So duplicate anything you see if you'd like to yeah oh and i'm so excited to be able to take pictures so they're all going to be on the website too i wanted to um, wrap up with a call to action so i'm wondering if you have any ideas of what is currently needed to spread more awareness about universal design you know i think it's happening happening somewhat naturally as our population ages and either we as adults have parents that we're trying to take care of in their own home because they're not going to leave. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or we see that we are getting older and with that typically come some changes and we're not going to leave our homes. So that I think is helping a lot, just the natural aging process of society and okay, now what's going to make me comfortable in my home and safe in my home? Mm-hmm. And you find that some of those things are really convenient and everybody likes them no matter what age or they're luxurious or they're in the high-end homes, they're just not called accessible yeah. and they work for everybody. So I think some of that's the key, too. Is it going to work for everybody? Right. Universal. Mm -hmm. Is it universal? I kind of, sometimes I call it clever design. Clever design is good for everyone. Yes. Yeah. It's attractive. It's functional. It can work for kids and adults and everyone. Right. Well, and I think being attractive is, too, I think some people, and I think we're getting away from this some, but you think accessible and that immediately goes to nursing home or institutional look. And that doesn't have to be at all and really isn't anymore at all there's some accessible homes that you might have been in and you didn't even know it that's right that's right because it just feels good right and you're able to move around right. it's so fascinating when you walk into a place or a space and it instantly feels good yeah. and what is that and especially if it's inclusive right it, it can include everyone in your party right that is with you I love it. And I just, I so appreciate your mission and what you're doing here. And I want to do my best to just spread the word about it. Thanks. (laughs) Thank you so much. So I wanted to express my gratitude again to Diane Miller of the Welcome Home House. What she is doing here in Newburgh, Wisconsin is phenomenal. She is warm and welcoming and just a delightful person to talk to. I was so grateful for my time with her and at the house. I was able to stay the night in the bed and breakfast and it was just a charming experience. So she also has a full-size basement that's completely open with a bathroom down there and also a, um, a wheelchair lift to get downstairs. I feel like this place could be a perfect opportunity for someone wanting to host an inclusive retreat to have a yoga studio there or you know a a meeting room or whatever it might be you can kind of craft the space in any way that you want but you could have a group retreat there you stay in the bed and breakfast with the group you could have this inclusive space that anyone would be able to to be there for Um, so just something to keep in mind for the future and again thank you so much to diane for opening her doors to us 
thank you for listening to Home and Place Podcast. You can find links to the items we discussed on the website, homeandplacepodcast.com. If you have show ideas, I would love to hear them. Reach out on my website or social media. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Home and Place. I'm your host, Nicole Kane. I'm the owner of Home and Place Project, rethinking the built environment. I'm a universal design strategist working with homeowners, cities, and corporations. With a background in occupational therapy, environmental gerontology, and training as a certified aging in place specialist, I help homeowners, researchers, and corporations go beyond ADA to create beautiful and inclusive environments. To connect, collaborate, or just find out more about me and my work, visit my website, homeandplaceproject.com. Special thanks to the Audio Information Network of Colorado for broadcasting this episode to their radio listeners. Learn more about them at aincolorado.org. And finally, thank you to Delia Potts of Northfield, Minnesota for composing and performing this original music. Take us home, Delia. Delia.